When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey everybody, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. You're watching Tesla Time News. Episode 334 on Now You Know. stock market's down again today. You know, most people think you can only build wealth with stocks and bonds, but that's a mistake. Oh, you're diversifying now? Like, uh, what, the tanking real estate market, burying gold in your backyard? No, uh, I just invested in fine art. What? Do you have a trust fund I don't know about? I mean, how can you afford to buy a Banksy? You don't need to drop a million dollars on a Banksy. In fact, I just invested in a Banksy by buying shares in a portion of it. What do you mean? You can invest in shares of art? You can too, quickly and easily using Masterworks, the sponsor of today's show. Um, jock my memory again. What does Masterworks do? Masterworks buys an expensive art piece from someone like Banksy or Picasso, securitizes it with the SEC. This breaks it into affordable shares and provides security while you invest. How did you even find this company? They're all over the news. CNBC, Forbes, CNN, and even the NYSE raving about them. No way. Wow. Look at these artists. Uh, but of course, Banksy sold out. Well, actually, Masterworks also has a secondary market platform that allows you to invest in pieces of art for some of the world's most recognized artists, including Banksy, even after they're sold out. In fact, uh, that's where I got my shares of Banksy. You can browse the available works, view their performance history, and make an informed decision about which piece you'd like to invest in. Plus, you can set up a payment plan and get notified when a new artwork becomes available. Speaking of performance, how well do they do? Well, check it out for yourself. No wonder you aren't phased by the stock market. I mean, look at this, 10, 14, 35%. I'm sold, what should I do next? Uh, it's easy, all you need to do is create an account, deposit funds, and start browsing the available artworks. Plus Masterworks takes care of all the paperwork, so it just takes minutes, not weeks. This sounds awesome. I think I'm ready to start investing. Better go quick because more than 600,000 other people have already joined their platform and some of their paintings have even sold out within an hour. Invest in art with confidence and ease with Masterworks. Visit masterworks.com to learn more. All right, let's get into some stories here. Last week, Elon announced new investments in Giga Nevada. Yeah, so remember that Giga Nevada started construction in 2014 and was Tesla's first gigafactory. Since 2014, Tesla has invested $6.2 billion in Giga Nevada and built a 5.4 million square foot gigafactory with 11,000 employees. And what has Giga Nevada done for Tesla so far, you ask? So far to date, Giga Nevada has produced 7.3 billion battery cells or 
37 gigawatt hours plus annually, 1.5 million battery packs, 3.6 million drive units, and 14 gigawatt hours plus, or about 1 million stationary battery packs. That's Powerwalls and Mega Packs. So what Elon announced last week was that Tesla will now be expanding Giga Nevada with more than $3.6 billion of additional investment to get the factory to this. This will be 3,000 new jobs with 4 million new square feet of factory space and two new factories inside Giga Nevada. Yeah, factory number one will make 4680 battery cells, 100 gigawatt hours annually, or enough to power 1.5 million light duty vehicles every year. And factory number two will be the Tesla semi-truck high volume factory. And so the video that Tesla put out on their YouTube channel, I think, was largely about recruiting people. Uh, Elon spent the first couple minutes talking about how beautiful the area is and all the wild horses, the 10,000 wild horses. Um, and I think that they're really hoping that more people will move to the area because, I mean, 3,000 new jobs, that's a lot of people you got to get to move there. But here's the really amazing part to me. If you look at this diagram of the factory, you can see what's already been built so far. And then you can see where the 4680s are going to be made. And just think about this. They're making 37 gigawatt hours of battery cells in the existing part of the factory. They're going to make 100 gigawatt hours in this smaller section of the factory. And if you watched Tesla's battery day uh, a couple of years ago, that's going to explain basically why that is possible. And I think it's really, really exciting. It might be one of the reasons why Giga Nevada has kind of stalled, so to speak. Mm -hmm. It was supposed to be this, you know, of course, octagonal, you know, beautiful superstructure. And it kind of got like left behind. It felt like we had been conjecturing that it was because Reno doesn't really draw in enough talent, but it could be that maybe they just were waiting for a battery breakthrough before they wanted to expand. Yeah. And also the governor of Nevada said they're going to be expanding I-80, which is a kind of a bottleneck right now. So that should help a lot. Hmm. So Elon retweeted this. Uh, Tesla said in 2022, we produced and delivered 1.3 plus million vehicles. In Q4, we achieved our highest ever quarterly revenue, operating income and net income. And we covered the Tesla Q4 earnings call for you. Yeah, all the info in about one third of the time. So go check it out. The link is in the show notes below. But yes, it was a great quarter and a fantastic year for Tesla. Despite what's been going on globally and despite what the media wants you to believe. So just like Elon does with engineering, learning from first principles, we should all apply this when it comes to Tesla. Don't believe the mass media headlines. Do the work. Find out for yourself how Tesla is really doing. Yeah, I mean, because one of the things that uh, they hardly ever mention is that Tesla has more cash than ever on hand. Twenty two billion dollars of cash of cash. And they have very, very little debt. It's minuscule compared to the amount of cash they have on yeah. hand. Compare it's basically that, zero. Compare that to every other automaker. I think that that is one of the strongest things that Tesla has going for it, um, among many, many. Others. Not to mention, yeah, highest industry margins. <laughs> and if you like what you're hearing about Tesla's earnings call, hit the like button. It really helps us out here on the show. So we keep reporting on stories of how well Teslas are selling around the world, and we do this for a number of reasons. First of all, it's news, but also it just feels good, doesn't it, to know that we've all been right this whole time. As people that you know have told you that Tesla wouldn't last or that it would be decades before EVs started to actually show any kind of traction in the market, well, how about this little story you can drop at your next dinner party with Doubtful Dan? The Tesla Model Y was the fourth best-selling vehicle in the world in 2022. That's right. Jesse didn't say fourth best-selling EV. The Model Y was the best-selling EV, but Jesse said fourth best-selling vehicle, period. In the world. 
Take a look at this chart compiled by Focus to Move. It can be hard to break apart Model 3 and Model Y sales since Tesla reports them together, but Focus to Move did the data crunching, and there you have it. 786,757 Model Ys produced globally last year. That is up 88% year over year, putting the Model Y just behind the Ford F-150 by less than 30,000 units. Yeah, the Toyota Corolla was number one with over a million sold, followed by the RAV4 with over 800,000 sold. And it is very likely that this year, 2023, the Model Y will become the best-selling vehicle in the world. Oh, and by the way, the Model Y was the number one best-selling vehicle in Iceland and Norway. So right now, Giga Berlin and Giga Texas are both producing about 3,000 Model Ys per week each, or 300,000 annual run rate total. That is expected to climb quickly this year. In fact, Giga Texas should be producing 75,000 Model Ys in the first quarter of this year alone. If they can both hit their targets, we could be looking at 500,000 Model Ys coming out of Berlin and Texas alone this year. Add that to Fremont's, say, 300,000 and Giga Shanghai's maybe 400,000, and we could be looking at about 1.2 million Model Ys produced this year. Oh, and by the way, the Tesla Model 3 was the seventh best-selling car in the world. And we're doing a Patreon poll this week. Do you think Tesla can do it? Will the Model Y be the best-selling vehicle in the world this year? I'd like to see what our Patreons think. We'll report on that later in the show. So we talked about this briefly in our in-depth, but Elon was asked at the Q4 earnings call. Um, here was the question on say.com. Elon has said previously that FSD hardware 4 will most likely come first in Cybertruck. Is that still the current plan? Do you expect there to be an upgrade path for hardware three cars to hardware four? And Elon responded. Um, yeah, Cybertruck will have uh, hardware four. With respect to upgrading cars on, that have hardware three, I, I don't think that will be needed. Hardware three will not be as, as good as hardware four, but I'm confident that hardware three will still far exceed the average, the safety of the average human. So what we're, we're aiming for is like, well, how do we get ultimately to you know, let's say for argument's sake, if um, hardware three can be, say, two or three hundred percent safer than human, hardware four might be, you know, five or six hundred percent. There will be a hardware five beyond that. But um, what, what really matters is, is, is are we improving the uh, average safety on the road? Uh, but but, but it, it is it is um, the cost and difficulty of retrofitting hardware three with hardware four. Um, is, is, is quite is quite significant, so it, it would not be, I think, uh, economically feasible to do so. Wait, so everyone who has hardware three out there, they're not going to get upgraded, and hardware four is going to be better. That's what he said, and I think it's freaking some people out. Since well, full self driving is still in like beta, and it kind of feels like it's going to stay that way forever and it kind of feels like maybe hardware four is going to take away focus from hardware three wait, wait, wait you're saying some people are losing faith that their cars are ever going to be able to drive themselves yeah but elon is saying that fsd is going to work on hardware three and even be two to three times safer than a human but like what does that mean like the average human or me, the main character. You know, I feel like people already think that they are two to three times safer than a human because they think that they're special. And I think mm -hmm. that that's normal. So when Elon says, oh, that's going to be two to three times safer than a human, I think most people are going to be like, but that's not safe enough. And if hardware four exists. I want it now. 
Yeah, I mean, this has always been the tough thing about Tesla, right? The cars never seem to look that different, and yet they always seem to be getting better. But I think the really big question is if Model 3 and Model Y are going to start getting hardware 4 um, sometime after the Cybertruck comes out with hardware 4, and if so, when, and is that going to make a huge difference, and are these cars going to be valued differently? Well, and yeah, so like if you get an FSD subscription or you pay for it, mm. and then you get hardware 4 and you pay the same price as me, and like yours is better than yours is like five or six times better than mine. So like, it's I think it just makes a lot of people upset when there's something better that they already paid for, but they don't get the better thing. See, I think this is one of the problems with the earnings calls mm -hmm. is that if a question comes up that Elon hasn't really talked to his team about the answer to, he's being truthful. But like maybe that's not what everyone wants to hear. Maybe they have to come out with a. I don't know, a better way to package it. I don't know. It's just uh, to, to learn about it this way is a little bit shocking because I think we all thought, I thought, hardware 4 would replace my hardware when the time comes because Elon talked about how easy it would be to do. And now he said it's not economically feasible. And the thing is, though, if I spent $15,000, I didn't, but if I did spend $15,000 on full self-driving in, say, a Model 3 or Y, and then a year or two later, hardware four comes out and it's twice as good. I'm going to be like, Meh. yeah. And I mean, I mean, if, 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 if hardware three can get us to full self-driving, then that's good. Like full self-driving, you get to go to sleep kind of full self-driving. Mm -hmm. Um, but if hardware four is going to be better in the sense that it's going to get to full self-driving faster or that it's going to be safer, like less accidents in it, then I'm going to want it. Give it to me. I'm going to want it. And I think there's going to be like a lot of lawsuits and judges are going to have to say, well, Tesla did promise this or he, they did that. He might have been floating this. I mean, he might have been waiting for reactions. And I think the reactions are pretty clear. I think, though, that, you know, he said that it's not economically feasible. I think that there's enough money in the $15,000 software that you buy uh, that would allow hardware three to be upgraded hardware four. But that's true. And then what would they do with all those old hardware threes? Would they be put into like a crypto <laughs> mine? I don't know. I... So it seems Consumer Reports is at it again. They have ranked 12 driver assistance packages and given the top spot to Ford's Blue Cruise. This bumps GM Super Cruise from the top spot. I'm just looking at the list. Where is Tesla's autopilot? Oh, uh, keep going down. Go down a little further. Number seven. See, right there. Number seven. Yeah, with an overall score of 61, Tesla scored high on the capabilities and performance metric, but only got three out of 10 for clear when safe to use and three out of 10 for keeping driver engaged. Consumer Reports said that Tesla, which has been ranked number two back in 2020, just hasn't made much improvement to autopilot over time. I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. I'm yep. sorry. Oh, you don't like that Rivian is above Tesla in in um. I just don't understand. I don't. What? This doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make sense. What, what doesn't What doesn't make sense? Um, unresponsive driver, four out of ten. I mean, we've shown what actually happens when the driver is unresponsive. The mm -hmm. car puts on hazards and slows the car safely to a stop. Yeah, this is such ease of use. Five out of ten. Well, ease it's, of it's, use. Look, it's hard to go boom boom. That's pretty hard to do, don't you think? And versus the Ford, which gets a six out of 10, half the time, I don't know if the Ford is even in Blue Cruise. Yeah, I mean, look, we use Ford's Blue Cruise all the time. We have an F-150 Lightning. We drive it all the time. And are you kidding me? They are completely different. Like, this should be completely flipped. Here's what I don't like. 
Okay. There's five criteria and they're equally weighted. So like if I was hiring a contractor, right? And I'm like, does the job efficiently, has a great reputation, cost effective and dresses well. But then I give dresses well, like, oh, he's really dressed well. That's a 10. But you know what? He's not that cost effective. So then what? The the, dre- the well-dressed con- contractor will get a higher score than a guy who gets the job done on time? Yeah, this software programmer, he he shows up to work on time. He's well-dressed. Uh, he's very charismatic. He doesn't, doesn't know how to program. doesn't know any coding or anything, but uh, man, is he good looking. So that's an 8 out of 10. <laughs> what? So this, look, here's the thing. I think this just goes to show that Consumer Reports and Jake Fisher, who's the senior director of auto testing at Consumer Reports, are biased. And I mean, come on, one of their major funders, as we pointed out in the past, is the Ford Foundation. Marta Tellato is the current president and CEO of Consumer Reports. And guess what? Guess what her last job was? Uh, Review Central. No, vice president of global communications at the Ford Foundation. Come on, people. Making Ford's Blue Cruise the number one is just not possible. We've tried both. Are we a little biased towards Tesla? I will admit we are a little biased towards Tesla, but it's not for any other reason other than we've been using it since 2016 and we've been very impressed since 2016. I'm just so upset because if people read Consumer Reports who have no idea about EVs or autopilots, they're going to walk away thinking that Tesla is way down at the bottom and that Blue Cruise is the best and they're going to go out and buy a Ford based on that. And that is really bad. Yeah. And I, I just feel like this is this constant FUD storm that we're always having around Tesla. And there's always a story for somebody, right? There's always going to be some narrative that's going to fit into somebody's mind and they're going to go, oh, well, Tesla's number seven. They don't know what they're doing with autopilot. I've never experienced any sort of driver assistance feature, but Consumer Reports says, and I bought my dishwasher from Consumer Reports, so I know. And it's like, okay, great. So now we have, you know, whatever percentage of the population believes Consumer Reports and they're not, they're not gaining anything from this. Here's the other thing. If you're going to set up five stupid criteria that's stupid enough but then don't have one guy decide on the numbers have like a hundred people decide it's true it's it's really pathetic um and it's very stupid and it i guess they're always going to do this and that's just why i don't like consumer reports so the first tesla over the year update of the year has been released it is 2023.2.0.5 and it brings three new features number one is the auto steering wheel heat we talked about it last week now it's here just in time for winter use Number two is sentry mode lighting. So now sentry mode will softly pulse the headlights for 60 seconds instead of flash them when sentry mode is activated. Right. And I guess this is because a lot of neighbors were complaining when, you know, the car's in your driveway and something goes off and it's like ring, 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 and it wakes them up at night. Now it'll just go. Right. Well, yeah, it it would kind of flash. And so if you parked your car in such a way that like something was like fluttering in the wind and your car was like, what's that? What's that? Then it could just keep flashing headlight <laughs> like high beams into people's houses. Um, so that could have gotten annoying and could have influenced you to like shut off sentry mode mm-hmm. or something like that. I think that the pulsing is a great feature because it's so futuristic. Yeah. It's like really something you'd have seen like in a kid's cartoon. Hmm. I mean, this is just for me, but it's like I'm from the future. So I think that that's a nice uh, touch. And lastly, Speed Assist, which has been available in North America since 2020, it's now available in Germany and Spain. So using the front facing cameras, your Tesla will now detect and display speed limit signs in the driving visualization. Wow, that that took a while. Sorry, Germany and Spain. (laughs) Well, it's I think it's more of regulations than anything else, you know. You have to pay attention. Your car cannot tell you what the speed is. You need to pay attention yourself. But don't take notes. 
because there's no dry thing in the car. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, I think I would have liked automatic windshield wipers that work better. I mean, I've been waiting since I got Sparky. It can't be that hard. I think the problem is in California, maybe it works great for California rain, but in many other parts of the world, I guess rain is different. You got different kinds of rain. Different kinds of rain. Little bit of stain gang rain, big old fat rain. Rain that flew in sideways, straight up from underneath. It even rained at night. I think what it is, is there's a little spot on the windshield and when the camera sees rain, it's like, okay, wipe. But it doesn't have like an algorithm that correctly like thinks about rain. I don't know. It. We need to fix it, Tesla. We need to fix it because basically now I am the automatic well, windshield wiper by hitting the button. But maybe it's just because Sparky hasn't been updated for it. You never know. Um, your Model 3 isn't much better. Two weeks ago, when Tesla slashed prices across the board and around the world, us Americans were excited because the price cuts meant that both the Model 3 and the Model Y would now qualify for the $7,500 tax incentive. But the U.S. wasn't the only place where this happened. Last Tuesday, Tesla confirmed that the Model 3 and Y in Germany would qualify for the full €6,750 incentive in all trims. The Tesla Model 3 is available from €40,470 with the maximum subsidy and the Model Y from €41,370. Wow, this is great news for our viewers in Germany. Very exciting, very, very, very exciting news. But Tesla just raised the price of the Model Y in the US. What? But they had just lowered it. Oh man, now we won't qualify for tax credit. No, 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 and no, no, hold on, hold on. They only raised the price by $500 from $52,990 to $53,490. Wait, so it still qualifies for the tax credit? Yes, it's still eligible for tax incentive depending on your income and so forth. Well, then why did they cut the price so low before? Well, I think it's smart. Um, you get a big amount of press to get people interested when they did the big price cut. And then you kind of tweak the price up a bit to help with margins later. And I mean, this also indicates that there, again, isn't a demand problem. Right. Um, and it kind of would push some people maybe away from buying the Model Y for a little while, which is good because if Tesla, you know, sells a lot of Model Ys now, that means that the delivery timelines get pushed right. further into the future, which makes people antsy. Right. And it also means that if prices of vehicle components go up later in the future, then Tesla's margins suffer. Um, so this is a way to kind of keep delivery timelines shorter. Right. According to Tesla Rati, Tesla has filed a permit called Automatic Inspection System with the city of Fremont to install two new robots required to automate fascia inspection. These robots are made by Inus Vision Systems, which is a Spanish company. And in this case, it looks like they'll be used to inspect Tesla fascias. What are fascias again? Car fascias generally refer to the interior dashboard area. But in this case, it probably either means checking exterior panel gaps or it could be scanning the interior dashboard for perfect placement. So I've heard conflicting reports. Uh, some say that Tesla's other auto factories, the other gigafactories already have robot systems like these to automatically check for quality. And Fremont appears to be the last to get them. But I'm also hearing that Fremont has had automated quality inspection robots for the past couple of years. So, I mean, it seems highly unlikely to me that Fremont would have had no robots, um, but maybe this was being done by humans. I mean, Elon did have this big kind of push for a while where he was like, humans are underrated after he had told us that robots were underrated. Mm. So I don't know. Um, what do you guys think? Is it better to have robots doing this? Um, is that going to improve the quality? I mean, I feel like Tesla quality has been much better the past couple of years anyway, but if this makes it cheaper and quicker. Yeah. I mean, and everyone loves to talk about panel gaps at the end of the day. It 
neither affects your performance nor your range. It just but it's panel gaps. It's just for the douches in the in the parking lot are gonna be like, oh, I can almost stick my thumb in there. Hmm. And it's like it doesn't matter, dude. I think in this day and age where none of us can repair a car anymore, pretty much, uh, it makes people feel like they have. It's some, nice to be like, able to just yeah. stick your thumb into a gap and be like, well, my goodness, Virginians, listen up. Under current state law in Virginia, Tesla is forced to go through a time-consuming and expensive administrative hearing each time it wants to open a new location in your state. State Delegate Rodney Willett of Henrico County just introduced HB 2468, which removes this burden for manufacturers who have already gone through this burden elsewhere in Virginia. So Tesla sees this bill as critically important. They say to be able to open new stores to meet public demand without going through a costly, time-consuming administrative hearing process that it has already gone through multiple times. Unfortunately, the VADA, VADA, the Virginia Automobile Dealers Association, is actively working to kill the bill. So Tesla is urging Virginia residents to contact the House Transportation Committee members to ask them to support this bill in committee. And, oh, this just in, update. It appears that Tesla is happy with your turnout. It says, update, your voices have been heard. Thank you for taking action. Wait, what? So, uh, I mean, it, it sounds like, you know, Tesla put this out and then very quickly afterward, there had been some, uh, you know, response. I would still contact your, yeah, your can't state hurt. legislators. Yeah, because it's not? supposed to be in committee today. So, uh, yeah, reach out to them. Let them know that you want this bill passed. Because, look, if this is just a government way to slow things down, then, I mean, why do we need it? Like, government's great. It's good to make sure that everything's safe and everything. But if it's just more paperwork, we don't need more paperwork. Right. And speaking of state bills, remember that we told you about the anti-EV bill in Wyoming last week. Well, it has been squashed. It died in committee. Maybe it's because of you guys. So great job, Wyomingites. I mean, I don't think it was actually going to make it. In it doesn't work. Like, it's not a... No. Not a passable piece of legislation. I, I think it was one of those things where like, you... I'm going to get some support for my Good base. job there, Bill. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And as you know, we are sponsored every week by Cybertruck Owners Club. You can head on over there to check out their website for Cybertruck news, discussions, and community for Cybertruck enthusiasts and future owners. All right, but maybe some people who want a Cybertruck actually want this. What is that? What the f*** is that? That is the Actosphere EV concept by Audi. Um, what? What, you don't like it? It looks like someone didn't hold shift when they enlarged the image and the aspect ratio got all wonked. <laughs> Jesse, it's an SUV and a truck. Okay, when you see something like this, I find it's best to go straight to the press release because you know you're going to find some gems in there. Well, yeah, I, I have a quote. Okay. By combining opposites in perfect synthesis, the Audi Actosphere proves to be a versatile crosser of boundaries with a drive system and suspension, which makes it equally adept on both on and off the road. As a coupe that is as elegant as it is dynamic, it features classic proportions and lines, but in just a few seconds, the car transforms into a pickup for transporting top-class sports gear. There is even enough space for two e-bikes in the cargo bed. Okay, okay, I, I think I've had enough concept cars for one lifetime. I, I really don't think I can hear any more stuck-up corpo marketing lingo, or I, I'm gonna pass out. But I didn't even get to tell you about the VR goggles. High-tech headsets provide a view of the real environment and the route, 
while simultaneously displaying 3D content in interactive elements that users can see control panels and other virtual displays in a tidy, minimalistic design that remains hidden as the headsets display and carry out functions by reacting in real time when users touch Master of Metamorphosis. Its rear section in particular reflects the active lifestyles of its customers and makes it possible to Sky Sphere, Grand Sphere, Urban Sphere, and now also the Active Sphere. Lateral acceleration are no longer at the top of the design specification, so this new generation of cars starting point is the interior. Occupants living an experienced sphere while traveling. Their needs and desires shape Jesse, 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 wake up. Are you okay? Are you okay? Headset, headset, headset. Ro oh, okay. Robust. Okay, I think Pelicans. you're suffering from vaporware <sighs> syndrome. Okay, so just come back, me back to me. Come back to me here. Tidiness. It is not real. It will never be real. It's so an real. Audi concept. It's like I could touch Oh, man. It. He's going into vaporware shock. I need a common sense booster. Mm. Oh, oh. You can't eat come, all come your back, cakes in one basket. You okay? You okay? Oh. Come back. Come back okay. to me. Come back to me, man. Let's talk about back something. Back to reality. Let's talk about something real for a minute. You want to talk about a real thing that our patrons could actually get? Yeah. Over on our Knowledge Review channel, we just reviewed the Electron V-Box 40 amp charger station. This one plugs into a NEMA 1450 outlet and delivers up to 40 amps of power. It also has an easy to read screen, which is nice. And don't forget about the cool pulsing V light on the front. Pulsing V light, which is the actosphere. <laughs> it exists. You can actually have it. <laughs> kind of reminiscent of the Tesla wall charger with this pulsing green light. And we give you the full review, so go check it out. And don't forget that if you're a patron of ours, we tell you how you can win it at the end of the review. And it's uh, over on Patreon. Yeah, just one of the many perks we give our Patreon patrons. It only takes a few seconds to join and help us support this. So head on over to patreon.com slash now you know. And we also just reviewed the Adia KS. S5 Pro e-scooter on Now Let's Review as well. E-scooters, e-bikes, electric skateboards, batteries, chargers, you name it, we review it. The KS5 is a really nice scooter. It has many of the features you may be looking for in an urban commuter scooter for a really good price. So this segment of the scooter market is packed with contenders and little things can make a difference. Like what? Like pneumatic tires versus solid tires. So having now driven e-scooters for a few years, I can tell you that having to deal with flat tires is no fun on a scooter. Non-pneumatic tires means one less thing to worry about and the KS5 has them. But what about ride comfort? Well, it's actually a very comfortable scooter because it has front suspension, which is also an unusual feature at this price point, and the fact that the tires aren't actually solid, but they're rather hollow, so they can absorb bumps. Kind of like the best of both worlds. Go check out the review on our Now Let's Review channel and see if this scooter might be for you. Last week, we reported that Tesla's price cuts have forced other EV makers to follow suit. Yeah, VinFast, the Vietnamese EV maker offering the VF8 and the VF9 now in the U.S., announced last week that they dropped the price of the VF8 City Edition from 55000 to 49000 And they say they've increased the range somehow, miraculously, from 179 miles to 207 miles. Okay, so let's see if I got this. A $6,000 price cut and a range boost of 45 miles. Not bad, but the Model Y starts at 53,490 and has 330 miles of range. And the price, by the way, is before the tax incentive. Right. And even the Hyundai Ioniq 5 is cheaper, starting at $41,450 with a range of 303 miles. VinFast also dropped the price of the VF8 City Plus Edition from 62500 to 56000 But again, these VinFast EVs, according to the latest IRS list, which I just checked, do not qualify for any tax credits in the U.S., so they are already at a huge disadvantage to other EVs like Tesla. It's kind of weird because you, you might go like, oh, no, <laughs> EV makers like VinFast, they're going to be in trouble. Um, but it's really good for all of us to have cheaper EVs. 
Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's great for EV adoption in general, but let's be clear. Tesla is going to see continued demand for the foreseeable future. And with the IRS incentives on top of the price cuts, like this is just great, great news. They're forcing their... This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply competitors into lower margins, which can't help their business models, and Tesla continues to sell well. SpaceX is coming out with a new feature for Starlink. Sleep schedule allows you to schedule particular times you want your Starlink to automatically power off. Why would you want to do that? Well, Starlink uses about 50 to 100 watts continuously, and if you have it plugged into a battery overnight, you might want to save something on the order of 300 to 1,000 watt hours of energy. I see. So this is more for like RVs or off-grid users who probably aren't going to need the internet service overnight. Unless you're one of those people who likes to put on like the 10-hour mixes of random sounds. But the screenshot from the app also says accumulated snow may take several hours to melt after your Starlink wakes up and you may need to clear snow off to resume service. And that makes sense since it takes energy for the dish to clear snow. And the whole point of this is to save power. I mean, I do love the fact that we have one and it's been snowing and it doesn't get covered with snow because it's generating some heat. And so I think that for people who are tied to the grid and, you know, might wake up at two o'clock in the morning and want to throw on a video or check their email, um, you probably are going to just have it stay on continuously. But you yeah. know what they need? What? Snow sensing mode. Come on, Starlink, put me on the payroll. I'm full of ideas like this. It, it seems like, yeah, maybe there should be like a snow clearing sleep mode where it'll not give you internet, but if it does snow, it'll clear the snow. Yeah. I mean, if it takes two seconds to clear it with a shovel, 
You can't then, clear with the shovel if it's up on your roof. But if it, but if you're RVing, oh, it's if you're probably RVing. on the ground, yeah, yeah, so that's it's true. not a big deal. So it appears that the financial downturn may be claiming another EV victim. This time we turn to the Netherlands where Lightyear, the Dutch startup, which just started producing their fully solar paneled $300,000 Lightyear Zero, has announced that they are suspending its production. Instead, they will focus on making the much cheaper Lightyear 2. So the Lightyear 2, with a reported up to 500 miles of range and the option for solar panels, should start as little as $40,000 and already has 40,000 pre-orders from individuals and 20,000 from fleet operators. Now, we don't have any full photos from Lightyear of the Lightyear 2, but you can get an idea from their website what it should look like. With the optional solar panels, it should generate up to 44 miles per day of range. Lightyear, the company, appears to be having some financial difficulties as they have submitted a request for suspension of payments, which in the Netherlands freezes debt payments for about 18 months. It's like kind of like bankruptcy light. Bankruptcy light. <laughs> hey, would you like to go into bankruptcy light? Diet bankruptcy. <laughs> Not all the hassle of full bankruptcy. And Polestar has just unveiled some new upgrades for the 2024 Polestar 2. Firstly, it's the exterior facelift. And I love how apologetic they are. Like the press release really goes into great lengths to explain that the front grill of an EV is no longer about breathing, but can now be used for seeing. Um, and basically, they're just moving a radar and a camera into the front grill. And they have to call it a smart zone just to help spell it out for boys reading car magazines. Yeah. And I mean, even Ford beat them to the punch on the front camera thing on both of their EVs. But the real news here is that the 2024 Polestar 2 is going to change the single motor variant from a front wheel drive to a rear wheel drive. It will also increase the horsepower up to 299 horsepower and drop the zero to 60 time from 7.4 seconds to 6.2 seconds. They're also gonna increase the battery size to 82 kilowatt hours to bring the range up to an estimated 300 miles and the charging speed up to 205 kilowatt hours from 155 kilowatt hours. Wow, I think we're almost definitely seeing the Polestar try to keep up with the Model 3 and Y here. Um, I think that the front wheel drive just isn't that sporty and they've even said that they're changing the torque ratio in the dual motor variant for an increased rear wheel drive feel yeah now isn't coming out with a brand new rear wheel drive powertrain super expensive not as much as you might think remember that they have an all-wheel drive version with a motor in the rear and a motor in the front so switching from a front wheel drive to a rear wheel drive you basically just need to delete a different powertrain from the all-wheel drive version um, now, there's probably some other tweaks here and there, but I doubt that they did much designing from scratch. Now, currently, the Polestar 2 starts at 48,400 MSRP, and that's for the front-wheel drive single-motor version. But Polestar did not reveal details about what these new versions would cost. And keep in mind that the Model 3 rear-wheel drive starts at 43,990, which means that it's roughly $5,000 cheaper. But we also have to think about U.S. tax incentives. The Polestar 2 is made in China, which means that it won't qualify for the $7,500 tax credit. Wow. So that would make the Model 3 $36,490, which is $11,910 cheaper, almost $12,000 cheaper. And you're starting to see the pattern here, folks. You can't keep up with Tesla's margins and then the federal tax credits on top of it if mm. you're not making the cars here in the U.S. The IRA completely abolished foreign competition, it seems, here in the U.S. It's uh, it's going to be very hard for Polestar to compete. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing uh, a bigger push towards uh, manufacturing here in the U.S., which is good for us here in the U.S. 
All right, it's time for Into the Future, sponsored by our friends at Henson Shaving. And I've got to be honest, I think this is probably going to be the best Valentine's Day gift you can give. Hmm. Um, here's the reason why. Anywhere from two to seven times a month, someone is going to use their razor. And uh, every single time I use my Henson razor, I am always just super stoked about it. Two to seven times a month? I, Can't you use it 30 times you a month? You use it a million. Yes, you're absolutely. <laughs> I don't know. And every time somebody is going to use this, they're going to be thinking of you and the amazing craftsmanship that went into this. So if you want to give a great gift and also 100 blades for free, you can use our code now you know when you check out. Just make sure to add those blades to the cart. Mercedes-Benz has received approval from Nevada for level three features for its drive pilot program. Now, this is the first time that an automaker has been granted approval for level three autonomous driving on American soil. Mercedes-Benz's drive pilot uses cameras, radar, microphones, and LIDAR sensors and is weather dependent. Now, this has only been approved for 40 miles an hour and lower on appropriate highway sections. I'm guessing basically like no construction zones. And so basically you'd have to only drive this during traffic. So functionally, how is this any different from Tesla Autopilot? Uh, it uses LiDAR. Oh, and you can now play games uh, while you're driving, according to Nevada's Department of Motor Vehicles. And so the way it, this is the thing that I really don't like about the autonomous driving scale. I feel like we kind of came up with this scale before we had any of the technology that allowed us to do it. And we we're like, we should have five levels and level zero is no nothing. And then level five is like, it does it all by itself. Uh, what should level three be? And everyone's like, well, it's like it can drive itself, but like, uh, not really. And they're like, well, how is that any different from level two? And it's like, well, it's like slightly better. I don't fully understand. So under 40 miles an hour on specific highway sections. So this is very limited. Yes. Um, but basically, this is like, the, this is driving easy mode. Right. Right. And now you're allowed to like look at your passenger. I, I actually think this is kind of good. Like if you're stuck in Las Vegas traffic for, you know, half an hour a day, you can now get some emails done or play a game legally. So if the cop pulls you over, I guess you can say, no, sir, uh, actually, this is legal. Actually, my car is like <laughs> level three. And so you can't give me a ticket officer. And hey, why are you pulling me out of the car? <laughs> I don't think it's going to work. Well, I mean, you'd have to you'd have to go to court and you'd have to say, no, your honor. Uh, uh, it's a level. It was on level three and I can somehow prove it to you. And I wasn't texting and driving. The car was driving itself. And I just. I mean, that's the only like use case that that is any different from like I, a Tesla using level two. No, I mean, this does feel weird because um, there's already been cars like Waymo and Cruise that have been granted full autonomy without a safety driver. So it feels weird to be granting something less than that. Um, but here's the thing. I'm actually really glad that Mercedes did it first. And here's why. If Tesla had done it first and there was any kind of problem, there'd be a huge news story. Tesla has a big problem right now. There'll be some problems with Mercedes, right? Like where someone's driving improperly or not paying attention or whatever. It gets into a crash and it'll have to be Mercedes gets into a crash, in which case the editors of whatever news organization will go, you know what? That's not going to get a lot of eyeballs. So let's not run it. We want to go after Tesla. That's and, what and we want to do. The FUD machine is waiting for Tesla news. So finally, Tesla will come out with level three in Las mm -hmm. Vegas, probably. And then there'll be some crash. And then the FUD news will be like, see? Tesla sucks. Right. Except but the, then, then they'll have to have a little exactly. paragraph because it'll be like, well, and Mercedes Benz, of course, got into three accidents right. last year. But right. um, I just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. 
And what if it does get into a crash? Do you get to be like, well, not my fault. Mercedes-Benz, pay for it. Look, someone at Mercedes-Benz, some VP is now getting patted on the back and given a raise because he did this thing. I think it's great that Tesla's not really worried about this. They're going for full autonomy. That's where you should be looking. This is kind of like what Elon said. They're all chasing their tails, going for local maximums, and it's actually going to hurt them in the long run. It looks like they're winning, but Tesla <laughs> will actually win in the but end. It's on, it's on the highway going less than 40 miles an hour. Right. So traffic lets up and you're like, oh, I can't play my <laughs> game anymore. I'm going to keep driving 40. All right. It's time for going green. Now, it may not be that sexy, but these trucks that you're seeing here, these terminal trucks, these are the workhorses at shipping docks and warehouses and distribution centers. They move cargo containers around all day, all night. But you're not stuck buying stinky diesel ones anymore. A company called Orange EV, based out of Kansas City, is making an electric version called the E-Treever. See, it's a, it's a dog. It's like a, a retriever, like an e-treever, because you're retrieving the cargo. I get it. Yeah, so Orange claims to have a much higher uptime performance. Uh, so diesel trucks have to have regular maintenance, obviously, uh, and they can be down for 5 to 10% of the year, which is a long time for a truck that you need every day. EVs obviously have way lower maintenance because there are so few moving parts. And now Orange EV is starting to sell their trucks in Canada. They've set up a headquarters in Toronto because Canada is offering up to $100,000 per electric truck in government subsidies. Wow. So you can see how that would almost make the truck free. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so, I'll, take, I'll take 10 of those. All right. We could either get the diesel trucks for, you know, 105 or we could get this truck and they're going to pay $400,000 of it. So it's going to be functionally free and maintenance free and clean. Um. All right. Well, I'll think about it and I'll get back to you guys. So there's Goombas up in Canada. Yes. All right. It's time for Sunspots. So two quick stories for sunspots this week. First to New York City, where in a U.S. first, the city plans to ditch its largest fossil fuel plant and replace it with offshore wind power. The Ravenswood Generating Station powers 20% of New York City. Currently, it's a 2.5 gigawatt fossil fuel burning plant in Long Island City, Queens, across from Roosevelt Island. This 27-acre waterfront oil and gas industrial site will be converted into a clean energy hub that will take the high-voltage DC underwater cables coming in from offshore wind farms that are now being built. And speaking of offshore wind, in March, Norway's Ministry of Energy approved an offshore wind test center to test these. Sea Twirl's vertical access floating wind turbine prototypes. But then four groups opposed the plan, and so nothing happened until last week when the Norwegian Water Resources and Energy Directorate rejected the appeal. So now the Twirl S2X pilot project can proceed. They'll be tested for five years at a former fish farm in Boknafjorden, about half a mile off the coast. The S2X is 55 meters or 180 feet above the water and 80 meters below the surface. Yeah, isn't that cool? It's floating. Like, they don't have to mount it to the seabed. Hmm. And a lot of people in the comments were like, but what if the seas get really rough and it rocks over and the winds hit the waves? And I'm like, I'm sure no one thought of that. I'm sure none of the engineers thought of that. Oh, oh, it's in the ocean. Oh, I thought it was I, I thought it was a swimming pool. I don't know. I just, I'm so tired of comments now because people- Well, but look, what about that? <laughs> did you think about you that? You didn't think about that now, did you? Could be wavy in the ocean. But let's go back to the first story. Let's put a power plant in the middle of New York City, <laughs> 27 waterfront acres right there, blowing like- Fossil fuel smoke all over the city. That's well, a good idea. At a certain point in time, that was like you're you're like we they're like we need power. 
And so they had to put that in. And Can now you imagine, it can make, I mean, but look at the map. People live right next to that. It, it almost seems like like maybe we don't need to put the clean energy hub there. Like maybe it should be housing. I think because the infrastructure is already there. Like, pretty we're hard not going to gonna change the zoning, okay? <laughs> hey, and if you'd like to become your own small energy provider, talk to the team at EnergyPal. They're friends that can teach you all about solar and battery stuff for free. They know everything. They can help you get set up. Because if you call a regular solar company, they just want you to hire them. But EnergyPal knows about all the different companies and what they offer. So give them a call. Tell them that Zach and Jesse sent you. And remember, it doesn't cost you anything. All right, it's time for our video contributor stories. Remember, we need your stories. It's easy to do. It's just two minutes or less. Shoot them in landscape with good audio, no music, and send them to hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. What do we got this week? Sandeep sent us this story about a solar panel cleaning system from India. Hello, Jack and Jesse. I'm Sandeep from India, and this is our uh, solar panel cleaning machine. Uh, so we design, manufacture, and also clean the solar panels with these machines. So these machines are actually capable of cleaning uh, with water and without water, which means it can clean the solar panels even without water, the dry cleaning. And if the condition of the panels is too bad, we also use water sometimes. So every day we clean about 20,000 solar panels with uh, using this machine, which is actually uh, reduces a lot of water consumption and also improves the turnaround time, which, is, which means that uh, we clean the solar power plant very fast in like 10 days. Every 10 days we come around and clean the solar panel, the same solar panel uh, every 10 days. And this is a 1000 megawatt solar park and it contains over uh, 4 million solar panels and actually uh, generating about 5 gigawatt every day and it is actually also uh, coupled with the pumped hydro which is uh, still under construction uh, this is next to the solar power plant and uh, as you can see this is the upper reservoir and these are the penstocks which feed the water to the turbines and uh, so on if you can see that there is a uh, there is a hole digging into the ground which is where the turbines go and finally the uh, that is the, the lower reservoir uh, where they'll store the water for you know to pump it back to the upper reservoir so now you know are you kidding me wow Five gigawatt <laughs> hours of solar per day. When, when he put a thousand megawatts on screen, I gotta be honest. I was like, "That's gonna be a typo." <laughs> no, look at how four big million that thing solar is. panels, and they can clean them every ten days. That's awesome! Wow. wow. And uh, Sandeep, excellent video. Yeah, uh, you're really setting the bar high for everybody else here. Wow. So uh, yeah. Woo. Get some drone footage in your in your video contributor stories, everybody. All right, it's time for Patreon bonus stories and our Investor Club bonus stories are also over there. We have a bunch of cool stories um, and, and we've got stories over on the Disruptive Investing channel this week. And that's free. You can go over there yeah. and you don't even have to sign up for anything. You do a cool one about uh, chatbot that I can't wait to oh, see. It's, it's going to probably be one of the most amazing things you'll ever see. Well, so. Okay, set the bar high on that one. Sorry, Ed. <laughs> And then we've got Investor Club bonus stories about Tesla, Lucid, and Aptera, along with our Patreon bonus stories, which you can see for as little as a buck a month, about Toyota, a 14-year-old girl who's converting a car, Japanese drones, and Kevin Bacon is going electric. So all that and more wow. for as little as a buck a month. Go check it out. I'm, you'll be glad you did. 
All right, we're back from our Patreon bonus stories. It's Woo. time for the shout-outs. These are people that support us. They get their names at the end of the show because you're super important to us. Who do we got this week? Curtis McGowan. Richard DeLay. Cheese. Christopher Dean Jr. And Victor Romero. We're supported by Cheese? That's awesome. That's... <laughs> Everyone loves Cheese. Everyone loves Cheese. <laughs> All right, so we had a Patreon poll this week. What was it? Do you think that the Model Y will be the best-selling car in the world in 2023? And... Yes, I do. Oh, I'm sorry. What did they say? Uh, most people said yes, easily. Um, some people said that uh, it could be close, and not that many people didn't didn't think that. Okay, I think we led the witness on that one, but whatever. Well, I think that the data speaks for itself. All right, it's time for Elon's tweets of the week, and Elon changed his name to Mr. Tweet this week, so now Twitter won't let him change it back. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta fix that, I guess. SpaceX completed its first full flight-like wet dress rehearsal at Starbase today. This was the first time an integrated ship and booster were fully loaded with more than 10 million pounds of propellant. Oh, we're getting close. <laughs> After completing its first test, Ship 24 will be destacked from Booster 7 in preparation for a static fire of Booster's 33 Raptor engines. We are getting closer to reusable super rockets. It's going to be so cool. Uh, he tweeted out, be all you can be. Half a bee philosophically <laughs> must ipso facto half not be. And that, of course, is from Monty Python. Half a bee philosophically must ipso facto half not be. Here's a picture of Starship fully loaded with cryogenic propellant. It looks so refreshing. There has to be a beer company that sponsors a rocket launch. Just so that way they a can... A giga beer. They paint the, the outside of the rocket. And it's, I know. Like, and it's like, you want a refreshing beer? That's a great idea, actually. <laughs> Handmade in Texas. <laughs> like, that would be, I would buy that. I don't even like beer. Yeah, how much are they going to charge to get your name on the rocket? That's a, that'd be a cool um, advertising stunt. Yeah, I mean, space beer. <laughs> Again, SpaceX. <laughs> huh? Full of ideas. <laughs> Launch and catch tower destack ship 24 from Booster 7 on the orbital pad today, ahead of the Booster 7 static fire test. So cool. And he said, congrats, Tesla California factory team on all-time record production. Yeah, two million cars. Wow. Uh, just met with Speaker McCarthy and Representative Jeffries to discuss ensuring that this platform is fair to both parties. Twitter is the PVP of social media. What is PVP? Uh, player versus player. It's a multi. It's a multiplayer game reference. Okay. So player versus player means you're going to be like fighting other players as opposed to bots or like working AIs. with other players. So maybe I mean it has it has layers of meaning. And uh, Matt Taibbi's Twitter files number 15 came out and Elon said, shame on MSNBC for misleading the public. An American group made false claims about Russian election interference to interfere with American elections. And then he tweeted out, everyone I don't agree with is a Russian bot, a child's guide to media and government excuse making for political failings. Uh, and then the AP tweeted out, we recommend avoiding general and often dehumanizing the labels such as the poor, the mentally ill, the French, the disabled, the college educated. Instead, use wording such as people with mental illnesses. And so then Mr. Tweet tweeted, so then why call yourself the Associated Press? And he said, I work all day, then go home and play work simulators. Another major improvement in timeline refresh speed just released now 10 times faster than a few months ago. And this meme. <laughs> Is that just specifically about him? <laughs> I think so. Okay. So then Elon tweeted out Omega, which is uh, also for Ohms. resistance, right? Ohms. Ohms resistance and resist the current thing. 
Huh? Pretty cool. Where's this? Com- he made his own meme there. What, what a meme lord. Why doesn't he just make a t-shirt company? I know. That's right? all I want. And then lastly, four signs you're bad with money. You can't balance a budget. You have to take money from other people to pay your bills. You lend money before paying your own bills and your debt is over $30 trillion. Who's he talking about? It's not me. All right, it's time for Community Mail Time. Community Mail Time. Remember, send your stories, your photos, your videos into us at Hello at Now You Know channel because our community is the best EV community in the world. Greg spotted this R1T at a high school in Danville, California. Oh, I like it in red. Hans found this F-150 Lightning in Vancouver, British Columbia. Jason spotted these EVs around Durham, North Carolina. Jim sent us this picture of a Tesla destination charger on Old Highway 66 outside of the Goff Schoolhouse Museum in Essex, California. Look at the windmill. Oh, that should be like beautiful supercharger of the week. That's Good. really cool. I mean, not it's a, a de- no, it's a destination charger. I guess it doesn't make it. Ethan found this Polestar showroom in Atlanta, Georgia. Lewis sent us this picture of a Starlink terminal on a cruise ship. Ooh. Daniel sent us the picture of a wind solar powered streetlight that is being tested in Stevenage, UK. Wind and solar. Nice. Can't stop it. Alex found this Model S refresh in South Oregon, Utah. Look at those wheels. Those are cool. Simon found the semi-truck charging at a supercharger in Marstead, Sweden. Is it? Wait, what? Really? Uh, I mean, I guess it's CCS. Yeah. So I get, yeah. All right. And lastly, Francis spotted this lime green Model 3 in Palm Springs, California. I feel like we've seen this one before. It, it makes its rounds. I feel like it makes the rounds. <laughs> All right, it's time for supercharged reviews. And remember, you can go out there into the world Find a supercharger or a destination charger. You can put it on our map, and uh, we'll maybe put it on the show. Let's see what we got this week. Hi, Zach and Jesse. I'm charging my new Model 3 here at the 26 Doll Supercharger in Santana Row, San Jose, California. Santana Row is a huge historic shopping area with hundreds of great stores and restaurants. And also right across Stephen Street Boulevard, about a five-minute walk, is the Westfield Valley Fair Mall, with hundreds more stores and food joints, movie theater, and much more. This location is super convenient because on the fourth floor of a parking garage, so you can come, plug in your car, take the stairs or the elevator downstairs, grab something to eat, come back when your car is charged, and then move it somewhere else in the garage uh, while you spend the rest of the day shopping or eating. There is one confusing thing about this location, which is that there's a Tesla store on the ground floor that has their own set of superchargers for their test drive vehicles. So don't go there, just come up to the fourth floor and you'll find the 26 stall. Uh, now that high schools should only be reserved for superchargers that are worth visiting in themselves, but this is definitely the case here. People come to this area to spend all day and all night shopping, enjoying great food and hanging out in the mall. This location is right in the middle of all that. So if you're near San Jose, this should not just be a stop on the way, it should be your destination. I give it a 10 out of 10. Now you know. Hey, Jack and Jesse. I'm here at the Morelia Michoacan Supercharger in Mexico. It's a four stall location. Version 3, 250 kilowatt supercharger located right next to uh, the Morelia Airport. Next to this restaurant has a convenience store on the side. I'd give this location a 6 out of 10. It's not on the main highway, it's kind of a ways off. off and it's kind of like away from anything else, kind of in the middle of nowhere. But it does make it possible to go from Guadalajara to Mexico City much faster. So this is Sal reporting for Tesla Owners Mexico. Now you know. Bye, Tech and Jesse. All right, Zach and Jesse. Been waiting to get on your show for a while. Uh, this is Keith from uh, San Sebastian Walking Tours, Travels and Adventures and Reviews. 
and we are out doing a video ourselves and I thought I would tell you about the supercharger station that we have here in Barbastro, Spain. Um, it's four stalls. I'll show you. Four stalls. Um, seems to be very nice. It's at a hotel. Uh, of course, it's got a bar, restaurant, and, and sleeping accommodations. And we're a couple of hours, maybe an hour outside of the main skiing area here in Northern Spain. So seems to be a nice place. Um, I haven't graded many of these. I've only been to like two superchargers, maybe three. Uh, I would say this one is probably gonna be like a seven out of 10. Um, I would give it a 10 out of 10 if it had more, more stalls because more and more people are buying Teslas over here in Spain and Europe. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that uh, they could potentially run out of space in the future. But uh, for right now, I'm gonna say seven. I might up it as we come here more often. So thanks for watching and thanks for putting me on your show. Have a good one. Thank you so much for doing Supercharger Reviews. And uh, yeah, you can go check out that map to find all of the Supercharger Reviews if you want to. It's like one of my favorite parts of the show. All right, what do we have for new Superchargers this week? Just made this week. Hot, fresh, <laughs> fresh out of the... They're squeaky clean. Yeah. Uh, number 59 in Japan is the sixth stall in Tokyo at Setagaya Kanuda, Japan. The eighth stall in San Diego at Genesee Ave in California. Number 51 in North Carolina is the eighth stall in Moxville, North Carolina. That's a lot. I know, right? The eighth stall in Creswell, Oregon. Number 135 in France is the 16th stall in Montbelliard, France. Number 42 in Massachusetts is the 8th stall in Newton. Number 335 in California is the 16th stall in Victorville at Amargosa Road, California. Number 55 in Australia is the 6th stall in Shepparton, Victoria. The 8th stall in Orlando at Central Florida Parkway, Florida. Number 68 in Sweden. Number 936 in Europe is the 6th stall in Are, Sweden. Number 29 in Oregon is the 16th stall in Portland, Oregon. Number 13 in Louisiana is the 12th stall in Baton Rouge at Airline Highway, Louisiana. Number 123 in Florida, number 1,645 in the USA, and 4,723 in the world is the seven stall at Pompano Beach at North Federal Highway, Florida. Nice. That's a, that's a great number this week. You know, it's not, not like the, the killer over, you know, where we have to do like mouth exercises. It's like perfect. But you notice we didn't get any from China. So there's probably yeah, like they're probably stack. building them and we just don't know about it yet. Right. Hey, thank you so much for watching, everybody. We have so much cool content for you guys. First of all, over on Patreon. So please, I urge you to support this show if you like it. Head on over to Patreon.com for as little as a buck a month. You get tons more content there. Not only Patreon bonus stories, Investor Club bonus stories. We do all sorts of live streams with you. So go check that out. Also, on our Disruptive Investing channel, we've got tons of content over there that can really help you be a better investor. And don't forget about Now Let's Review. That's where we review uh, e-bikes and e-scooters, as well as like um, portable battery packs. Uh, lots of really cool stuff is going to be coming out over there. So be sure to head over there and subscribe. Um, so both Disruptive Investing and Now Let's Review, you don't have to pay us any money for. It's free. You can just uh, go check those out. Those yeah. are just separate YouTube channels that we run. Um, so we would appreciate it if you'd go over there and join us. And, you know, since you've watched to the end of the show, I, I love getting little sneak secrets to you guys. Okay. Jesse and I have been working on a shop lately. We've been getting it really outfitted, and uh, I think we should consider starting another channel. Now you know builds. Now you know shop. Now you shop build the shop. 
build channel. Um, I'm <laughs> I'm very 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 exciting excited. We have so many different projects that we want to do that uh, touch on sustainability, but are also um, just kind of stuff that you can do in a shop. Right. Um, we're we've been yeah we've been working on our workshop for a while. Um, Zach was a contractor so he has all these tools but we do we have too many tools not enough space so we've been really working on that we'd love to show that to you on our shop channel i think it would be a really fun yeah. way where we don't just have to be talking about tesla all the time right um and we could be building stuff because zach and i love to build stuff and we'd love to share it with yeah you. i mean we've been converting cars and we've been making all sorts of cool gadgets like we made that electric snow scooter like yeah and there's cool stuff like that we want to show that you we didn't ever share because we were like we put it on this channel people are going to be like well that isn't tesla and to prove it i mean we did put out our video on the electric snow scooter and nobody watched nobody it. it so. Um, and so, yeah, you know, obviously you specifically don't have to like it, but I know that there would be a lot of people who would. So that's something that we're thinking of doing maybe sometime uh, later down the road. Um, but, uh, once we get our uh, shop elevator working. What? What? <laughs> uh, anyway, thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next week. Now, now you, you know. know. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.